Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm your co-host, the other co-host, who is still alive. I do promise you that. He's not here today, but I think he'll be back next week. We'll tell the story someday. It's for good reason. It's not because, as some rumors I've seen uh, are saying, he did not leave to go work for the Communist Party. Uh, He did not leave to take a marketing job for Pfizer, as some people had suggested, uh, but there are reasons, and, and he'll be back. All right, this is Dumb Bleep of the Week. If it's your first time listening, make sure you hit subscribe or follow or whatever it is, because today we get to go through some of the dumb stuff that happened over the last week, and the people that are watching live, hanging out with me right now, are going to vote on the dumbest thing that happened this week. If you want to join so you can get involved next week, then go to joingml.com. And I think we're just going to get right into it because there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. And we might even do some extras for the live group or for the people that are going to watch this on YouTube later on at the end of the show. So here's dumb bleep number one. This is a report and it comes from Bloomberg. I will preface this by saying that the White House is not aware of any such actions or talks at this time. That will be the preface. But this is the report. As we know, Elon Musk looks like he's actually purchasing Twitter next week. They have until October 28th, so they got until next Friday. According to the report from Bloomberg, the Biden admin officials are discussing whether the U.S. should subject some of Elon Musk's ventures to national security reviews, including his deal for Twitter and the Starlink satellite network. Sources are telling this person right there, and this is a report from Bloomberg. Now, there's an article, Bloomberg has a massive paywall up, and I'm not going to pay them any money. But the New York Post wrote pretty much the same thing I'd seen from everyone else. U.S. Way Security Review of Russia-Friendly Elon Musk Twitter Acquisition. So now, here's what's happening. Musk has become a Putin plant. We're going to do this whole Russia conspiracy thing with Elon Musk, simply because he threw out an idea that could lead to the end of a conflict that didn't involve nuclear war. And since he threw out that idea, that means he is pro-Russia. He's secretly working for Putin. He also asked for money for the miracle of satellite constellation network internet connectivity that he is providing to Ukraine that apparently is the only thing keeping them alive. He, I know it's crazy, but he did ask if some of the billions of dollars that the U.S. is giving to Ukraine could, I don't know, going toward, go towards the thing that apparently is keeping them all alive. He's clearly working for Putin because he knows that the U.S. government just simply cannot afford to cover the 20 or $30 million a month that Starlink is losing doing this. There's just no way that they could do that. From the New York Post, the Biden administration reportedly considering the National Security Review of Elon Musk's imminent acquisition of Twitter as well as Starlink Internet satellite system due to his perceived bias in favor of Russia. White House officials were said to have been disturbed by a series of recent tweets by the Tesla CEO who favored a compromised peace deal. We talked plenty about that. Musk, in recent weeks, has denied a claim that he told an analyst that he personally met with Putin to discuss a way out of the war. Administration higher-ups also said to be irked by Musk's recent threat to cease providing Starlink in Ukraine which has reportedly been a big help to Kiev's efforts to stave off the invading Russian forces. 
Musk said that keeping Starlink active for Ukraine has cost him tens of millions of dollars, though he's recently appeared to back down. He's not asking for the money anymore. He said that he would cover it and take the losses. So he tweeted that compromise. They're also bothered by the fact that investors who have been lined up to, uh, to join in this venture with Musk, some of them are foreigners, and some of them including people from Saudi Arabia, including, I believe, in this article they mention a Saudi Arabian prince, I'm pretty sure. Then they talk about the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, which could potentially get involved here. Is, it, is there a potential now that the U.S. government could come in and for national security block Elon Musk from buying Twitter? And do you think it's actually for national security? That is the question. Is it really for your safety, for our safety, because they are truly worried about that? Or is it that they are worried about using one of their biggest, losing one of their biggest propaganda machines that they have out there? Are they worried that people's alternate viewpoints would be able to be out there in front of the masses? I don't know what the answer to that is. We could look at history and we could do the odds on which one of those things it actually is, but I guess we'll never actually know, and we'll see where how far they go. Here's some of the hypocritical part of it, if it is because of national security. It's not as if Twitter has been without national security problems, even with the SEC and everything that they have out there controlling them. A 2011 FTC complaint noted that Twitter systems were fully or highly sensitive, full of highly sensitive data that could allow a hostile government to find precise location data for specific users and target them for violence or arrest. Earlier this month, a former Twitter employee was found guilty of passing along sensitive Twitter user data to royal family members in Saudi Arabia in exchange for bribes. The complaint said Twitter was also heavily reliant on funding by Chinese entities and that there are concerns within Twitter that the company was providing information to those entities that would enable them to learn the identity of sensitive information of Chinese users who secretly use Twitter. That all came out from that uh, whistleblower report that we have oh, last month or the month before that, whenever that whole thing happened. Um, Twitter exists. There's already been investors that have ties to people that could be national security threats. There's been plenty of employees that have gotten in trouble for doing bad stuff. I think this has a little bit more to do with the whole free speech problem than with the national security problem. We will see. Continuing on number one, we're going to stay on the Elon Musk, even though we're going to go to a Nina Turner tweet, because Elon Musk, the report is that he plans to cut 75% of the Twitter workforce. He's going to lay off 75% of the Twitter employees. So Nina Turner tweets, job creator, huh? I wonder sometimes if people, I mean, is she really, here's the question. Are her and the people who follow her really this stupid? Like this dumb? Do they lack the capacity to think whatsoever? Uh, or do they just really like getting in some kind of a jab that's going to get a lot of retweets? I don't know which one it is. Job creator, huh? So I just wanted to put this out there because he could be firing 5,600 people from Twitter, roughly 5,600. Um, that means that he's not a job creator. You can put job creator in quotation marks. Anyone who calls him a job creator, uh, they are just crazy. Now, let's go through some of the numbers on this because I like going through numbers. Tesla's got 100,000 employees. We'll just call it 99,000 employees for Tesla. And then SpaceX, 
has got 9,500 employees. And not even, I'm not even going to count the other businesses. Boring Company, Neuralink. We could even go back to the fact that he helped found PayPal. And they've got a lot of employees also. But that would cause all types of arguments and discrepancies over whether or not he actually helped found PayPal or he was just an investor or whatever. So let's just take those two Tesla and SpaceX numbers then. Well, Tesla, that's 99,000. I mean, as I said yesterday, I'm no mathematician, but Tesla's got 99,000, SpaceX has 9,500, and then laying off potentially 5,625 people from Twitter, that comes to a total of 102,875 jobs. So Nina Turner is clearly correct. This guy is not a job creator at all. We've done the math. You're totally right, Nina. I get it. That was great. That's all dumb bleep number one pertaining to, we'll just call it Elon Musk, even though he was not the dumb bleep. Dumb bleep number two is going to be abortion. You guys remember abortion, that whole thing? That's what this midterm election is coming up towards, whether or not women have the right to choose or we're going to have a democracy after this or whatever it is that we're fighting for right now. I don't know which one it is. Well, Biden said something that was curious uh, really quickly as he was running over to the helicopter. They asked him whether or not there should be any restrictions on abortion. Now, if you go through the talking points you typically hear from the left right now, it's tough to find anyone that will be in favor of any restrictions on abortion. I know that there are people out there, but anytime someone gets asked anything I've seen this year, it is, I think that that choice should be between a woman and her doctor. How about like the minute before the baby comes out? I just don't think the government should have anything to do with this. All of a sudden they're like super, super libertarian when it comes to whether or not you can kill a baby when its hair starts showing on the way out. You should still be able to kill the baby. They're super, super uh, pro-choice libertarians when it comes to that. Now, apparently Biden's got a totally different idea than the, I don't know, the rest of the Democratic Party. And I think sometimes he just messes up when it comes to this. I, you know, he, he lets his actual positions and ideas show. We'll just play what he said. Good count. Okay, and are uh, there going to be even more? Yeah. Yeah? Should there be any restrictions, there be any restrictions on abortion at all? Any restrictions on abortion yeah. at all? Uh, yes, there should be. Yes, there should be. And Roe v. Wade. Read it, man. You'll get educated. No, I'm going to ask you. Okay. And there he goes. See you later, Biden. All right, goodbye. Good luck. So he says, yeah, there should be. Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade. Read it, man. You'll get educated. Here's the deal. If a Republican were to put forward a law that fit perfectly inside of Roe v. Wade, it would be a right-wing extremist controlling women, controlling women's bodies policy. Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> I hate it when they put out stuff that's actually got, oh yeah, it looks like he's standing in the big burnt field, really. we got to take care of that green screen thing sometime. Yeah, it's on the list. It's on the list of things to take care of. If you're, if you're not watching the video, I'm talking to people live because they went to joingmail.com and I use a green screen pullout so I can use different size photos and we switch the cameras around and all that. And I got a moving little video background uh, behind everything. And every once in a while, when there's a bunch of green in the video or the photo, it pulls it out, makes it look like the background. So that's what we're talking about right now. If a Republican were to throw out 
a law that was crafted to fit specifically inside of Roe v. Wade. They would be a crazy right-wing extremist that just wanted to control women's bodies and send us to the handmaid's tale. Like that, that's what it would be. If a Democrat favored something that fit perfectly inside of Roe v. Wade, they would get kicked out of the Democratic Party. They would lose to some progressive hard leftist. That's just where we are right now. I don't think that's where the president naturally is. I really don't. Uh, I, I don't think he knows where he is, to tell you the truth. We're going to stick on abortion just for a moment. Now, there's a lot of problems going on out there. Inflation's a really big one on everyone's mind. The Democratic Party's really been failing on this whole inflation thing. And how are they going to solve the economy? Because people really are worried about their pocketbooks. That's what they care about. You guys have a pocketbook? That's what people are worried about. This inflation thing really hurting them at the moment. Well, Stacey Abrams, she's running for governor in Georgia. She's got an idea. I mean, she's got real solutions for inflation. So let's switch over to uh, what she had to say. There it is on MSNBC. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out, but we also have to talk about what a governor can do. Can we just, can we just put forward a law to kill all the kids to, to help the economy, please? I mean, I know a lot of you didn't realize it out there, but your problem, the reason you're worried about inflation is because of children. That's really what it is. Anyone who's having a hard time economically, it's because of kids. That's all it is. Now, I don't have any kids, so I haven't cared about inflation one bit. Everything's totally fine. Our income has been going up consistent with inflation, and I haven't had a hard time paying for stuff whatsoever. It's only if I have kids that there would be an issue. What a crazy thing to, here's what people are worried about. They're worried about the fact they can't pay their bills. Democrats are using the abortion thing as much as they possibly can. As they should, it's their only policy, the only thing that they could possibly run on right now. They're using that as hard as they possibly can. And what you didn't know is that abortion actually matters to inflation because you shouldn't be forced to have that kid. That's why you would be in a hard economic time. Now, definitely people go in the harder economic times when they have kids, but that's not the problem that we have right now. It's not as if if you got rid of all the kids, everyone would be just fine. But that's the argument that she's throwing out there. It's a pretty disgusting argument. I really, really hope she loses. I don't know anything about the governor there. And Costco corrected me. She's running for re-election right now, of course. That's what's going on. Um, it's, a, it's a really, really disgusting argument thing for her to do and just contrast that with uh, Biden's natural reaction on abortion. But that's not all the abortion stuff we have to talk about. We got just a little bit more because luckily we were supplied with ample amounts of dumb. 
over this week while we were gone. That's right. We're going to play Eric Swalwell's ad. I don't, it's an ad. Um, it's made to scare people. And as everyone else has said, this literally looks like a skit on SNL. It's hilarious, hilariously terrible. But this, I want all the women out there to know. As you're sitting around the table with the kids that you didn't kill, that your chosen ones might watch you get arrested someday if Republicans get arrested. Arrested, sorry. If they win the election, if they get elected. So let's play Eric Swalwell's ad. Listen, I don't want to listen to it any more than you do, but it is Dumb Bleep of the Week. I'm sorry. Anderson? Yes. I have a warrant for your arrest. Arrest for what? Penal code 243 violation. Unlawful termination of a pregnancy. You gotta be kidding me. That that is my personal business. That's for the courts to decide, ma'am. Your medical records have been subpoenaed and Dr. Landry's already in custody. No, my, my God, you 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 can't just You will have to submit to a physical examination. What? By who? No, no, no one's touching me. Get that! Man, turn around! Oh my God. Put oh your my hands God. behind your back. Now! Why is this happening? Love you, honey bear. We're just enforcing the law here. Elections have consequences. Vote Democrat on November 8th. Stop Republicans from criminalizing abortion everywhere protect women's rights and freedom. Please don't do this. Please. So there's that ad. Once again, I did apologize beforehand. I said I was sorry. I did not mean to do that to everyone. And I did not mean to inflict any harm upon the women and children that are watching this right now on our YouTube channel. Because that is exactly what life is going to look like. Now, first off, I have to say, there's there there are no there are no laws out there criminalizing women for having abortion. It's not that there couldn't ever be. Now I will say right now, there have been people that have brought this up. There have been people that have proposed this as an idea, and I have no clue whether or not someone would actually ever make it illegal. I will also say, even though I'm right down the middle on this abortion thing, let's not get to that. But if you were going to have a philosophically consistent opinion on abortion if you believe that abortion is murder, then the philosophically consistent point of view would be that abortion would have the same penalties as murder. Other than that, don't call it murder because you got penalties that you have for murder. Just saying. That's not the point of this right now because I don't think that this should be the case or would ever be the case. ABC who did an article about this, they said, while no state currently has a law that would send a woman to prison for having an abortion, Swalwell said he believes it could happen if Republicans control Congress. He said he hopes the ad will energize Democratic voters. So that is the idea that they're trying to get across. It could be effective. I'm not sure if it is because of how terrible and cheesy the ad is. Here's the other part that bothers me. While they're talking about this hypothetical situation where women could get arrested if they have abortions, 
we're not really talking about the pro-life activists that are getting arrested for being pro-life activists. There's been quite a few of those. Uh, a few weeks ago, we told the story of a guy, the FBI raiding his home because he pushed a guy that fell down after he pushed him um, a year ago. And he ended up getting in trouble for that. And there's been plenty of other people getting arrested. The DOJ bringing charges against people. And so we're ignoring that part almost as a diversion right now. It's always troubling to me when they accuse the other side of doing exactly what it is that they do. And that actually gets scarier because the more they accuse the other side, the more I think they're doing that or they plan on doing that because all of this is just projection. That's really all it is. The more they yell fascism, the more I think that they're fascist and it makes me more scared of them because that's the way that they work. How about this right here? A Virginia Democrat introduced a bill to prosecute parents who refuse their, to treat their child as the opposite sex. This is a, a fairly new one well, from like a week ago. Well, I guess we could do an ad about that, right? I hope we don't. Or if we do, I hope we do a lot better job. A Virginia Democratic delegate is seeking to introduce legislation that would hold parents criminally liable for refusing to treat their children as a different sex from the one they were born into. Legislation would uh, plan to introduce in Virginia's upcoming legislative session would expand the definition of child abuse so that parents could be charged with a felony or misdemeanor for refusing to honor their child's request to be treated as the opposite sex. I'm not just doing a whataboutism right here. I'm doing a lookout for the projection and the diversion tactics because we see an awful lot of, of it and it's typically pretty accurate. That was all number two. Here's one that we're going to talk about next week. It could have been in today, but there's too much stuff involved with it. Uh, I can't remember who put it in the group. I went into who put it in the uh, the channel. I want to let you know that we will cover this next week. I sent it to myself, uh, and it says, To understand China, you need to understand whiteness, yet it's missing from the conversation. It was a totally ridiculous article that I did not have time to fully enjoy today. So I apologize for that. We're going to move on to Dumb Leap number three. We talked about this yesterday already, but it's got to be included in Dumb Leap, and that's the CDC voting to voting unanimously to add the COVID vaccines to the Vaccines for Kids program. Say what you will about the vaccines, that they reduce deaths. We all know that for sure. I'll just put the tweet that I put because it had my, my thoughts directly in it. I said, without the CDC, who would recommend your kids take a pharmaceutical product with zero long-term studies for a virus they have a statistically 0% chance of dying from, all while still being able to contract and spread the virus to others? So, there you go. We talked a lot more about this yesterday. Since we have so many things in the show today, we're going to move on. Uh, but that's number three, and we're going to stick on number three because number three is covid Number one was Musk. Number two is abortion. Number three is just going to be COVID. We got to mention this whole thing about Boston University claiming to have developed a new, more lethal COVID strain in a lab. Now, there's a reason they used to develop these strains. They used to do it because they wanted to use it to develop vaccines and have vaccines ready so they could start testing that. Now, I didn't get the, I didn't get the vaccine. We've heard all sorts of stuff about that. Charlie's got it. He's still alive, I think, although he's been suspiciously missing. So we'll see. Um, we don't have to do that anymore because the whole mRNA technology thing, yeah, they just kind of plugged it in. Here's the sequence. Boom, mRNA. Did it stop the infection and the spread? 
uh, for a minute, it might have. Did it slow down the deaths? For sure it did. We already know that. So we might be in a new scientific landscape right now than we used to be. So we do need to take that into consideration when it comes to doing all these studies. I thought this is what happened in the first place. Why the heck are we making more dangerous versions of COVID? Isn't that kind of weird that we're doing that? Even after this whole thing uh, that we just went through over whether or not this thing was created in the lab and whether or not it was using gain-of-function research? Yeah, um, I don't really know what they're doing or why they're doing it. Researchers at Boston University say they've developed a new COVID strain that has an 80% kill rate following a series of similar exper experiments first thought to have started the global pandemic that began in China. This is from Fox News, so it's going to have a little bit of a slant to it. The variant, a combination of Omicron and the original virus in Wuhan, killed 80% of the mice infected with it, the university said. When mice were only exposed to Omicron, they experienced mild symptoms. I don't, um, I don't think that we should be doing this. Can we stop? Wherever their source of funding is, let's stop. I'm sure a lot of it comes from the government. I haven't looked fully into this because this came out while we were still partying in Miami. But this needs to stop like right now. That 80% kill rate? Are you shitting me? No, I don't want to do that. That might make me have to get the vaccine. I don't want to do that. Number three goes the COVID. Let's switch over to number four. A little bit of climate change here and a little bit of ridiculousness from The Guardian. This is great. The next pandemic may come from melting glaciers. That's right, folks. Climate change could cause another pandemic. So that's awesome. The next pandemic may come not from bats or birds or a lab in China. They didn't say that. I said that. But from matter in melting ice, according to new data. Genetic analysis of soil and lake sediments from Lake Hazen, the largest high Arctic freshwater lake in the world, suggests the risk of viral spillover, where a virus infects a new host for the first time, may be, high, may be higher close to melting glaciers. The findings imply that as global temperatures rise, owing to climate change, it becomes more likely that viruses and bacteria locked up in the glaciers and permafrost could reawaken and infect local wildlife. And then, of course, once they get to the wet markets, that's where stuff really goes south. For instance, they talk about a 2016 outbreak of anthrax in northern Siberia that killed a child and infected seven other people, was attributed to a heat wave that melted permafrost and exposed an infected reindeer carcass before this the last outbreak in the region was in 1941 interesting i mean just took it back in time back to 1941 so to better understand this risk posed by frozen viruses this doctor and his colleagues at the university of ottawa in canada collected soil and sediment samples from the lake close to where small medium large amounts of meltwater from the local glaciers flowed in the research published in this paper suggested that the risk of viruses spilling over to new hosts was higher at locations where large amounts of glacial meltwater flowed in, a situation that becomes more likely as climate warms. You see, scaring people about climate change is not really enough. Now, it's not just climate change that's causing terrible, terrible hurricanes, hurricanes that you've just never seen before on planet Earth. Now, also, remember that whole pandemic that screwed over a lot of people? Well... If we don't stop climate change, we're probably going to end up having more 
pandemics. Now, I did find a couple interesting parts in this article. The team did not quantify how many of the viruses they identified were previously unknown, something they plan to do in the coming months, nor did they assess whether these viruses were capable of triggering an infection. Now, I put that in here because I want you to keep the context of the headline. I want you to keep the headline in the front of your mind. The next pandemic may come from melting glaciers, new data shows. Where we're talking about the data, they say, uh, we don't know how many of these viruses were previously unidentified, and we don't know whether or not these viruses are capable of triggering an infection. Okay, well, uh, that, that seems like it's important. They also say the only take-home that we can confidently put forward is that as temperatures rise, the risk of spillover in this particular environment is increasing. Will this lead to pandemics? We absolutely don't know. That is a quote from the article that says that the next pandemic may come from melting glaciers. They do say that they don't know. I love it. I love the news. They're so good. Journalism all over our faces right now. Let's go to the next thing. That was Dumbly number four, climate change causing pandemics. Number five, what do we got here? Oh, yeah, 9-11 and January 6th. That's awesome. How about we talk about democracy? for number five. We'll have several number fives, I believe. Let's go to this video. Let's see. Peter Strzok, former FBI agent, disgraced FBI agent, if I might add. Let's see what he had to say. Never again, first of all, fail to sync up with the CIA and all sorts of artificial and, and real walls were torn down, and they would never again fail to connect the dots. I've not heard one utterance of connecting the dots from Christopher Wray in the days after the deadliest attack on the U.S. Capitol in our, you know, in history. Nicole, I think that's right. And I think if you look at the scale in terms of the threat to democracy, I mean, 9-11 was a tragedy. We lost thousands of lives in a horrific way that we still mourn to this day. But when you look at something that is an attack on democracy, something that could actually bring about a fundamental change to American governance as we understand it, 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. And the fact that the FBI and the rest of the government, if they are not on the same sort of war footing that we were on in the weeks and months and years after 9-11, shame on everyone. 9-11, nothing compared to January 6th when it comes to threats on our democracy fundamentally changing the way that we do business. I know that. Uh, what about the whole, um, you guys remember like 20 years worth of wars and trillions of dollars and hundreds of thousands to millions of dead people uh, around the world and the Patriot Act and just all sorts of crazy stuff like that that happened after 9-11? I guess the thing is, if your government chooses to uh, destroy your democracy <coughs> or other people, around the world, uh, then, then, then I guess it just doesn't compare to January 6th at all, where a bunch of people with flagpoles, maybe some fire extinguishers, uh, ran into the Capitol, uh, pooped on some desks, and took some selfies in a podium. That's, it's, it's bad, okay? That was bad. We did not support that. But that's kind of discounting everything that we did to millions of people around the world after 9-11. And I just wonder what people who uh, went through those situations from the other point of view on the other side of the world might hear when they hear that thing. Oh, yeah, this thing that was a precursor for you guys to go around and 
uh, kill a bunch of people and destroy a bunch of countries. Ah, nothing compared to this riot that happened uh, for three hours that one day. Uh, what day was it? You go to jail. You don't know what day it was. All right. Rob Reiner, he gets to stay in the democracy segment of Dumb Leap of the Week. Rob Reiner says, our democracy is in peril. The Supreme Court is scheduled to hear a case that would give the state legislatures the sole power to choose electors. To protect voting rights, we must hold the House. Vote blue. Wow. Okay. There's a lot of stuff right there. State legislature is the sole power to choose electors. Now, the state legislatures are elected. How do they pick the state legislatures? That's one thing that's kind of weird. Um, I think it's through like the democratic process where people vote on who the legislators are going to be. I'm not really sure. To protect our voting rights, you must hold the House. It means you need to go vote. Here's the problem, though. If the people on the other side get more votes than you do, then you won't be any in power anymore. And that process, I don't know what you call the process, the process where people go and vote and you lose because the other people got more votes than you did. And you don't have power anymore, but now they uh, are in control of those legislatures. Um, that would destroy democracy, of course. That whole process. I don't know what that process is called. I don't know what it is. But if you lose the election, then that's going to destroy it for sure. Great job, Rob. Wonderful. How about we stick on democracy here for a minute because now we got a little bit more Stacey Abrams for you. How about we talk about the record early voting turnout in Georgia? Uh, a lot of people are voting so far. If you're in Georgia, by the way, early voting has started. Georgia voters are setting new benchmarks in the early voting turnout ahead of the Democrats led by president uh, after Democrats led by President Biden compared to the state's newly enacted election law to segregation era Jim Crow. That's right. They have new election laws, and this is just like Jim Crow. Taking away everyone's right to vote. Well, not everyone, just you know who. They already had a hundred and thirty-one thousand people cast ballots just on Monday, showing an increase of eighty-five percent. Compared to 2018. Yeah, but we got a lot of voter suppression out there. And this new law is just like Jim Crow. In fact, the new law was so bad that they had to get rid of the all-star game. Uh, they had to lose, you know, like a hundred millions of dollars, a hundred million dollars in uh in revenue to businesses and the economy because of this. And it turns out there's more people voting now. Than there were last time, and the last time there were more people voting than there were the previous time. But we have tons of voter suppression. That's what I'm hearing anyway. I'm not really sure what the voter suppression thing means. We'll just have to go to Stacey Abrams. But yesterday we saw record turnout for early voting. Yes, we should be excited. But let's remember what that means. It does not mean that voter suppression doesn't exist. That's like saying that there are no more sharks in the water because more people get in. We know that voter suppression is alive and well in Georgia, but we're stronger, we're faster, and we're better than it, and we are going to bring it, and we're going to win this election. Just so everyone knows, if she loses this election, it's going to be all about voter suppression. 
talking about record voter turnout, but that doesn't mean that there's no voter suppression. Then she makes, makes an ironclad analogy. If more people are getting in the water, that doesn't mean that sharks don't exist. I mean, how do you fight against that one? There's just no way to tear that one apart whatsoever, right, guys? This is going to be about voter suppression if she does lose. Even though more people are voting, it's still out there. We can't really show it. We can't show you the people who weren't able to vote, but it does exist, and you should be really scared of it, and Republicans are trying to take away people's right to vote, and this is Jim Crow. 2.0. 2.0. Just keep all that in mind. There's no election deniers out there on the left, though. It's not a thing. This is only, this is something that is just people on the right. All right. Now, I will say real quick, just to add in, when we talked to Joe Walsh, former Congressman Joe Walsh, not the guy from the Eagles, it'd be cool, though, if we had Joe Walsh from the Eagles on the show. We could try and hook that up. I'm sure that would work. We talked to him, and I felt real concern about this idea, and I agree with him on the idea that if we get to a point where people no longer accept the results of our elections, then we're screwed. And I agree with him on that. Now, where he, I believe, has gone wrong is he's decided that this started in 2020, that it didn't start in 2016, it didn't start in 2012, or 08, or 04, or 2000. It just... This just started in 2020 with the Republicans. And we push back on him a little bit with that. But I do think he's right. Once we get to the point where no one accepts the results of the election, this thing just starts coming apart. So I really hope that this election goes down smoothly, although there's really no incentive for it to go down smoothly. That was all number five, democracy. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Do you ever get stuck focusing on problems and not the solutions to those problems? I bet you do because that's totally normal. Heck, we talk about problems like 80% of the time on this show. But the day we spend talking about solutions, that's actually the most important one. I mean, seriously, we got so many things going on. The economy, society, our personal lives, of course. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode. But there's no better feeling than learning how to find your own solutions. No matter how big or small, A therapist can help you become a better problem solver. And honestly, it feels pretty weird to talk about therapy, as I do a lot on here. But I've done it, and it worked. I went through a really tough period a few years ago, and I still remember a couple pivotal things that my therapist told me. Today, I'm feeling better than ever, and I'm not afraid to tell everyone that therapy played a really big role in that transition. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com gml today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com gml. Number six, this is a New York Times opinion piece. As the U.S. becomes less white... White supremacy could simply be replaced by a form of light supremacy in which fair-skinned people perpetuate a modified anti-blackness rather than eliminating it. So this comes from Charles Blow, the opinion piece in the New York Times revealing racist rant in L.A. We talked about this last week, I believe, with the city council woman getting caught on a hot mic, 
saying that someone was with the blacks and I don't know exactly what else there there was. But as we as we have less white people, white supremacy is going to go away, but it's going to turn into light supremacy. And what that means is everyone who isn't black is going to be against black people. That's essentially what it means. It's going to be light fair-skinned people's supremacy. And that's what that's what it is. <clears throat> still sick, still trying to get over this. So let's go through a little bit of what he said. He talks about everything that um, that the councilwoman said, all right? Now, here's why she said it. She was doing the work of white supremacy. That is why Martinez, a Latina, said what she said, because she is uh, doing the work of white supremacy, because that is the only thing. That is the only supremacy. It's not that people are just tribal. And whoever has, you know, the most amount of people, the majority typically has some power over the minority. It's not that. It's not that people get into groups and they oppose other groups because of our natural tribal nature that we have as human beings. If a Latina decides to say something that is racist, that is white supremacy. That's awesome. That's good. Great. So powerful right now being a white guy. Even, even when a Latina says something racist, it's still, it's still that white power, baby. That's a joke, by the way. That's all number six right there from the New York Times. Number seven. Yes, Robert Reich. Now we're getting into some economics real fast. Number seven. Here's what he said. And he said it twice, and I got both of them. The biggest domestic culprit for America's inflation, big corporations that are using inflation as an excuse for raising prices. The biggest culprit for inflation is that corporations are using inflation as an excuse to raise their prices. I took a screenshot of it because I thought he was going to delete it. I did that with both of them. I was like, he's going to see this. This had to be, this had to be a mistake. But no, he repeated it. That was actually the second one. Here was the first one. Republicans in Congress claimed that inflation is due to Biden's spending and wage increases. A baloney. The major domestic cause of inflation is corporations that have been taking advantage of inflation by raising their prices higher than the increasing costs. Don't be fooled. I really hope that I don't have to explain this to anyone who's listening. In fact, I know that I don't. But uh, here's the question. What caused the inflation, though? Because his answer to what caused inflation is that it's corporations who are taking advantage of inflation. So I still have a question that has not been answered. What caused the inflation? I don't know. It must still just be corporations. The cycle just going back and forth. That's all it is. It's not all the money that we added into the money supply. That is just right-wing propaganda trying to win elections. It's not that every time we drastically increase the money supply, we cause inflation, nothing like that. There's more buying power. There's too much money chasing too few goods. That's not a thing. Okay, so number seven goes to Robert Reich. Let's move on with some more economics. Yeah, now we're getting into the fun stuff that I really like. This is, this is my cup of tea right here, and that's picking these people apart 
I had a tweet that went really well on this, actually, uh, responding to Bernie Sanders. But he says, oil prices today, eighty-five ninety a barrel, roughly 86 bucks. Gas prices today, three eighty-five a gallon. Oil prices in April 2010, eighty-five sixty-six a barrel. Gas prices in April 2010, two eighty-five a gallon. So three eighty-five a gallon now, two eighty-five a gallon back in 2010, when the price of oil was roughly the same. He then says gas prices are a dollar a gallon higher than they should be because of big oil's greed. Now should be that's. A fairly subjective term. See, what he's decided as what they should be, there was one month, a little over 12 years ago, where everything came out right. Everything that we did had culminated to this one great month in U.S. history. And that, as you know, you probably already have it tattooed on your arm. That was mother in April of 2010, back when the price of gas was what it should be. When oil was $86 a barrel and gas was $285 a gallon, we have identified the perfect time in history. It is a time when we were just escaping a massive financial crisis and we were coming out of a terrible Great Recession and people had greatly reduced buying power and... Mm. He then says we need a windfall profits tax. That's what they were missing. You know, that's what that's what we need now, for sure. Why did he say April of 2010? I don't know. You tell me. Now, I circled on the graph here, which you can watch on our YouTube channel, the one place that he picked out, and it's right where he could make this argument. Because oil has, in fact, touched $86 a barrel several times. He picked a time where oil touched $86 a barrel and gas was the lowest out of all of the times that it touched $86 a barrel. Specifically, you could go to one year later when oil was at $86 a barrel. You could, you could show that pretty easily and gas was much higher, like three sixty-five a gallon when it was at 86. He wanted to go with the time that it was much lower though, right when we were coming out of the great recession. It really drives me nuts when people do this. By the way, here's the point that he picked out again. April 2010, oil's 86.15, gas is 285. Here's a point, May of 2012. So a little over a year later, oil is 86.53 and gas is 367. Why didn't he choose that time? Clearly because he is an honest and virtuous and trust, trustworthy individual who would never lie to you would never manipulate data, would never cherry pick statistics at all. And he just must have honestly missed this other time or the other time or the other time or the other time in those spans of years where oil was around $86 a barrel and gas was priced closer to where it is right now. Now, aside from all of that, by the way, just cutting in on showing you some of the examples, um, there are more things that go into the price of gas than just the price of oil. And it would make sense, uh, by the way, for gas to be where it is in relation to oil. Oil is one of the inputs on gas. There's also the refinery cost. What were the taxes per gallon at that time? Did he put any of that forward? How many refineries did we have? 
What did the regulation environment look like? What was it like for shipping? Anything? Did he put forward any of that information? No, because this point in the past is different from this point right now. What we need is a windfall profits tax, give all this money to the government, and they'll sort all this stuff out. I picked out several more times where oil was at different prices and gas was at totally different prices in relation to that same price using 60. I went through and I did some with 30 as well. You can watch the video as I'm kind of pushing through these. What you'll see on this final graph, which goes all the way back to 1946, uh, the price of gas has almost always rode above, ridden above the crude oil pricing. Makes sense since crude oil is one of the input prices for gasoline. But what you will typically see is during decent economic times, the price of gas is riding above the price of crude oil when people got plenty of buying power. Then we get into tough times in history and the price of gas drops down a bit, a lot, and that ends up driving the price of oil down. At that time, you're typically going through a recessionary period. Right now, we're still trying to burn off all this extra money in our economy. So once we get that done, that's what's going to happen. Of course, you throw in another caveat, which is that they're literally KJP, Karine Jean-Pierre, literally said that all options are on the table. And that was after she was asked if they were looking at banning oil. All, all options are on the table. Yeah. If you run an oil company, uh, what are you going to do? How about number nine? Now, this one comes from a little while back. But I just saw this recently on someone's Instagram, and I saw a fact check on it. This is from Cliff Maloney's Instagram, and I saw a fact check on it. This comes from a tweet from Anthony Davies, a guy who we had on the show last weekend. I posted the episode on Wednesday, I believe. He said the 550 U.S. billionaires, now he tweeted this in 2019, 550 U.S. billionaires together are worth $2.5 trillion. If we confiscated 100% of their wealth, we'd raise enough to run the federal government for less than eight months. Seems like a good point to me. Well, I see this tweet reposted by Cliff Maloney. And what do I see at the bottom of it? I see fact check, missing context on Instagram. That's great. So I go into it. I click on the missing context thing on Instagram and it says, the same information was reviewed in another post by fact checkers. There may be small differences. Independent fact checkers say information in this post is missing context and could mislead people. Well, this must be just totally wrong then. The conclusion is missing context. That's what the fact checker came out with, according to Instagram right here. How many people actually go into the fact check, you think? Basically none of them. So you go to PolitiFact and it says what Professor Davies said is mostly true. What did he get wrong? What did this uh, associate professor of economics get wrong on this tweet? Because it says mostly true. So something must be wrong with the numbers they threw out. No, you go through the whole fact check. And they literally say, yeah, numbers line up. Uh, if you confiscated all the U.S. billionaires wealth, they even account for the new value of the billionaires and the new, uh, the new budget for the U.S. government. They say, yeah, that's about eight months. That's what it is. Why is this mostly true? Because no one is suggesting a 100% tax on the wealthy. That's why it's mostly true. That's why it's missing context. And that's why it shows up as fact-checked on Instagram when you post it. Because there's no one that is suggesting a 100% tax on the wealthy. 
that is totally ridiculous. They rate the claim as mostly true. It is a factual claim that if you took all of their money, here is how long it would run the government. They say that the numbers line up. How is that not entirely true? God, they don't even try. By the way, I went back to the fact that on that Eric Swalwell abortion ad, they said no state currently has a law that would send a woman to prison for having an abortion. They believe it could happen if Republicans win, and they just hope that this ad will energize Democratic voters. So where's the fact check on the Swalwell ad saying, well, no one, no one is pushing to arrest women for getting an abortion. Fact check. Missing context. Not going to see it. It's not going to happen. Number 10. This one just got added. And then we'll talk with the live group about some extras later on. And we'll keep it on the video too. Joe Biden, just before I was done putting together the show, he said last year the deficit fell by $350 billion. This year it'll fall by $1.4 trillion. And because we're making corporations pay their fair share and giving Medicare the power to negotiate lower prices, we'll reduce the deficit by another $250 billion over the next decade. Now, yesterday, or the day before, I can't remember what day it was, I saw New York Times posted this really cool little infographic thing that had to do with how much the president, the White House, had asked for and how much Congress had actually gotten passed. See, because he's talking about how he reduced the deficit by $1.75 trillion over the last two years. And I just have to make the point that that is true. But it is only true because he did not get the things that he was asking for. If he would have gotten the things that he was asking for, then the deficit would have continued to grow. In fact, shown right here by the New York Times graphics that they put out there, there was a proposed $4.36 trillion in spending. $4.36 trillion. That goes for climate and education and families. Families get the big one right there. Healthcare a bunch right there. $4.36 trillion. What did they pass? $1.45 trillion. Now, of course, we just came from the $2.2 trillion CARES Act. I think that was the price on it. And that exploded the deficit. And I'm sure Trump is very sorry for signing that. I'm sure he is. But for Joe Biden to go out here and act like He's some kind of deficit hawk, some kind of fiscally responsible, small government conservative out here because of how much he reduced the deficit by $1.75 trillion. There's still a deficit, by the way. That's not the debt. That's a deficit. We're still adding money onto it. It literally only happened because he didn't get the things that he asked for. If he would have got the things that he asked for, there are $3 trillion more dollars that he did not get or hasn't gotten yet. So far, didn't get those things. And that's the only reason he can talk about the deficit. Now he's using it to his advantage. I get it. That's great. Let's also add one more thing on to Biden, because I think this will be, I think this will be fun. Talking about student debt, 
We do need to talk about this ad. The White House kicking off its efforts to forgive student loan debt. 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 Biden. Admin. 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 10K in my pocket. 10K in my pocket. For Pell Grant recipients, that goes up to is that really supposed to appeal to people? Does that appeal to a lot of people? 10K in your pocket. That's what just happened. 20K in your pocket, even, of other people's money. And it's not going directly uh, into your pocket. It would just be the loan payments that you probably haven't been making anyway. Uh, because that's the relief it was giving to a lot of people. But anyway, it's just 20K directly in your pocket, man. I find these things to be really disgusting. An advertisement like this, and what they're advertising, what I see, and this is why so many people had such an issue. What I see is my wife, who just worked her butt off for the last couple of years. We didn't go on any vacations, stuff like that, to pay off her student loans while her employer was helping to pay off her student loans as well. You know, she graduated eight years ago and she's got her student loans paid off because she's been making massive payments this whole time. Didn't want to have the interest or the debt on any of it. And I see the taxes that we pay. I see the taxes I pay, that she pays, that my family pays. And when I see an ad like that, talking about 10K, 20K in your pocket, I'm like boasting about it, about how great of a thing this is that we're going to take money from some people and give it to you, that you made, a, you made a contractual obligation to someone and said that you were going to receive services so you could obtain value from that organization and that you were going to get a degree and get a job and pay this back and that it would be worth it to you because you'd be able to make more money afterwards. But instead, you're going to go back on that and you're going to decide that those other people out there Actually, their money needs to go towards this. I find it to be really gross, and it's, a, it's just what our system is these days. And eventually, people are going to really get sick of it. We already are. We already have all the redistribution. We've got all these programs. The more we keep taking money away from people and giving it to others, the more resentment there's going to be among people in the U.S. It's building. And this is one of the reasons why. You can't just walk up to someone, put a gun to their head and take their money and expect that they're not going to be mad at you afterwards when they work their butt off to get that money and all you did was threaten them with violence. Let's get some votes going in the Dumb Leap of the Week channel. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten out there. Let's go back through what some of them were and then we'll do a few extras. I'll hang out and we'll talk about some other stuff I was going to talk about today. Elon Musk was the first one. National security threat. If Elon Musk buys Twitter, well, yes. Nina Turner says he's not a job creator. He's going to fire 5,000 people from Twitter. Jeez, that's ridiculous. Number two, abortion. Roe v. Wade, man, read it. You'll get educated. Also, included in abortion, Stacey Abrams. Having a child is why you're worried about the price of gas. Let's just kill the kids. And the fabulous Eric Swalwell ad is included. All of that in Dumb Bleep number two. Number three, CDC, COVID, all of that, adding it to the vaccine for kids program. We know the thing. We talked about it yesterday. Also, Boston University. Oh, you know, we, you know what's wrong with COVID is um, it only kills like a couple percent. Like, 
less than that actually on average, uh, depending on what your age is. Why don't we just make one that kills like 80%? That's a great idea. Nothing bad could ever happen. Nothing's ever accidentally escaped from a lab before. That's not a thing. Number four, the next pandemic may come from melting glaciers. New data shows also the people who present the data say that they have no clue whether or not this could cause a pandemic or whether or not any of the stuff that they're finding in the lakes is actually infectious. But we need to uh, post this article because if you're not already worried about hurricanes, maybe you live somewhere where you're not worried about weather, you could be worried about about a pandemic because of this whole lockdown situation. If you don't want to have lockdowns, you got to fight for climate change. Boom, lockdowns connected to climate change. Go. Number five, democracy. Peter Strzok, 9-11 ain't got nothing on January 6th when it comes to destroying this country. Rob Reiner, democracy is in peril if we lose this. If more people vote for the other people, democracy is in peril. Guys, it's all number five for democracy. Voter turnout, record numbers in Jim Crow South. The most voters we've ever seen. But that doesn't mean we don't have voter suppression, ma'am. It doesn't mean that. Number six, by the way, as we become less white, we're still going to have white supremacy because people who aren't white are going to be mean to black people, and that's still white supremacy. Yep, that's number six, opinion piece for the New York Times. Number seven, inflation is caused by corporations taking advantage of inflation. Number eight, Bernie Sanders, oil's just, you know, 86 bucks, just like it was in April 2010, but gas is a dollar higher when you windfall profits, even though there's uh, numerous other times where it's been 86 and the price was all over the place because there's more stuff than oil that goes into a tank of gas or a gallon of gas. We went through all of the stuff on that. This fact check for Anthony Davies, missing context. It's mostly true. Okay, all of the numbers are exactly accurate. Everything that he said is true, but there's no one that is pushing to take the wealth of billionaires. So this is just mostly true, even though he didn't say that there were a bunch of people that wanted to take a bunch of the wealth from billionaires. It doesn't matter to fact check. Okay, number 10, President Biden, deficit hawk. Fiscal responsibility is his middle name. He used to sit around the lunch table with his Puerto Rican family talking about how they needed to save money. And that's what they did. They talked about how they were going to cut deficits, pinch pennies, watch their spending. And that's why he brought his Puerto Rican table talk from the synagogue and the church also that he learned when he was younger uh, up to our, our deficits. So that's number 10. Let's get those votes in real quick. What do we got? What do we got going on? I'm going to give you all another minute here. We already talked about GodHatesFeds.com. We talked about JoinGML. What about Nate'sCrashCourse.com? Anyone interested in learning how to trade in the markets? Well, I start from you don't even know a word yet. Literally, I talk about the definition of trading. And then we end up with strategies that I use on a daily basis through a little over 100 videos through our private Discord channel. You go to Nate's Crash Course, natescrashcourse.com. Do it. Join up. It's a one-time payment. You get access to all the videos and the Discord. Go do it. All right. What do we got for the votes? It looks like, it sure as hell looks like, 
the abortion topic is going to win. Now, in the live chat right here, I'm going to say, what was it that won that for you? Why can't I type Abrams? We'll just type S.A., Eric Swalwell, or J.B. Which one was it? Stacey Abrams, Eric Swalwell, or Joe Biden for the abortion conversation that pushed it over the edge for you? Is it Stacey Abrams? Stacey Abrams and Swalwell? Looks like Stacey Abrams going away right now. We all know that that ad was really dumb and terrible and looked like an SNL skit, but hey, that's okay. This is an election season. We can do whatever. Abrams, yeah. You worried about inflation? Well, that's why we got to kill the kids. That's who, wins, that's, that's who wins dumb bleep this week. We narrowed it down to the one that pushed it over the finish line. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you want to see some more dumb bleeps, then go watch the YouTube or go to joingmail.com so you can hang out live with everyone. Today, I'm going to put it on the YouTube so you can go and watch it so we can get some people to go subscribe to the YouTube. But I'm going to hang out with some of these folks that want to stick around and go through some of the other stuff we were going to talk about today. And I'm going to talk about it more with them so it'll be a little bit more relaxed when you go watch it on YouTube. Anyway, if you do all those things, you subscribe, you follow, you leave a rating and review, and we'll be right back here again on Monday, same Liberty time, which is whenever we want, and same Liberty channel, which is joingmail.com. Until then, y'all have a good weekend and a good morning, Liberty.